0: You know, it's weird, man, because, like, I actually felt like that series was going better than it was. Like, the the narrative would have completely flipped um, had the Yankees not blown that 6-0 lead. Like, it, it, we were on our way to two out of three with guys coming back and shit. But I think, it, uh, what is it, Newton's Law? When shit goes wrong, shit keeps going wrong. I'm sure that's the official definition of Newton's Law. Let's get to it, 521. Welcome to BD4, an RJ Carbone podcast. BD4, where there is no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. We also do MMA. Yanks every series, Knicks every game, MMA on occasion. BD4 is a five-star show on Apple Podcasts, also available in video format on YouTube and Spotify. So thanks for stopping by. And we hope you enjoy the show. Anyway, champion of the world, turning, looking, see ya! Anthony for three. Fine! That one goes down, and the game is tied. Time! 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 creates, and shows some dexterity as well with the left hand. No, Yankee wins! All right. We're getting right into it, we're not wasting time. Welcome to the podcast, episode 521 of BD4. I'm your host RJ Carbone, let me just stretch, i like, very tight right now. Um, yeah, welcome to the podcast, we're diving in. Um, the Yankees lost 2 out of 3 to the Rays this weekend, um, and uh, you know I listened to two games on the radio on Sterling, and then for the Sunday game today I watched, I was home for that, so... Um, regardless, you know, it wasn't very fun. <laughs> so we're going to get into it. We're going to get right into game one of the series. And in this one, um, well, the Yankees lost 5-4. You had Johnny Brito going up against Chirinos. And in the bottom of the first inning, <clears throat> Brito gets bit. Rosarina goes yard. It's one nothing Tampa. This one was at the trap too. At the shitty, swampy dump that they call the TROP. Um, Which is now generating some fans. Well, I'm sure it's still mainly Yankees fans. Um, Judging by the amount of booze that Aaron Hicks got. (laughs) Which is funny. Um, Bottom of the second, Jose Siri sack fly double play thing happened. The rundown, but it ended up scoring a run. 2-0 2-0 Tampa. Bottom of the third, Diaz, Homers, and Ramirez grounds in a run. 4 nothing Tampa. Brito ends up going 4. Um, kind of tired of that guy. It was Abreu, Hamilton, Cordero, and Michael King for the remainder. Top of the sixth inning, Glaber Torres doubles, and then uh, Harrison Bader <laughs> with a huge three-run bomb. And all of a sudden, The Yankees tie the game at 4. And then the bottom of the 7th comes. Jake Bowers in left field, I think it was. Botches a play. That leads to a Wander Franco double. Volpe throws home. Initially, it was called out. And the Yankees weren't trailing. But it was challenged. And the call was then reversed. And so Tampa took a 5-4 lead after seven. And that'd eventually be the final score. <laughs> the Yankees lose five. I was about to sneeze and then I had a yawn. It was weird. The Yankees would lose five to four. Um they had four hits on the entire oh, I'm sorry, four runs on the entire night, eight hits uh for a two thirty five average in the game, four walks, five strikeouts, Volpe and DJ the Mayu had two hits apiece. DJ also walked twice. Harrison Bader with three RBIs home run uh, that came from the three-run shot. Um, the Yankees, though, were one of eight with runners in scoring position. and the top of the second, they had some chances there. DJ was on second base with only one out, but he was stranded by Rizzo and Bader. Top of the fourth inning, first and second, two outs. Bader lines out. Top of the seventh, he had the Volpe single. He steals second, takes third. Rizzo strikes out to end the inning. Top of the eighth inning, first and third with one out. Get the Bader pop up, and then the IKF strikeout. So the bats were quiet in, in a lot of spots. Um, Johnny Brito, in this game, four innings pitched, four runs, two home runs, six hits, one walk. It was um, command and location. You know, not being able to finish batters off was the story of Johnny Brito's night. Uh, The first inning, again, right out the gate, he leaves one over the heart of the plate for Randy Rosarina to just launch, Um, and he did. Second inning, he's ahead in the count to Paredes, however the fuck you pronounce the kid's name, but he ends up walking him, and then he issues a base hit to put two on with no outs, and that's when you got the Jose Siri sack fly. Third inning, he gets Diaz 0-2, but then he leaves one right over the plate again, And that left the ballpark. Uh, Gives up a double after that, which ends up scoring a run. I mean, it was, you know, it wasn't, I'm kind of tired of the guy. You know, I'm tired of the narrative that he only struggled against the Twins twice and and everything else has been great. No, he's not giving the Yankees any length. He's given up runs. Now, he's not that good. He's He's not, I don't know. I mean, he had a couple of five and fly outings to start the year. And since then, he's not been too good. Um, in this game, again, I was listening to the game, so I don't know how this went down, but there was some shit with the Rose Arena acting like a little beta boy again, you know, doing shit, getting hit by a pitch. Kevin Cash gets thrown out or something. I think Jose Trevino may have, you know, took one under the chin. Uh, Glaber, I think, took one behind him. There was some shit going on again. Listening to Sterling, it was hard to tell what exactly was happening. I was... You know, I don't I can get to see, but whatever, the Yankees eventually lose. Um they did bounce back in the second game of the set, which took place yesterday, Saturday. Um and uh you know three to two. <laughs> they won this game three to two. Um it was Domingo Herman versus some random bottom of the first, Domingo lets up the RBI double. he ends up going 5 it's Peralta, Maranaccio, Holmes and then Hamilton closes those guys combined for 4 innings though top of the 8th, that's when the Yankees get on the board DJ doubles in a run or 2, I don't remember and then Bader singles in another, so it's 3-2, to Yankees lead after 8 and that would be the eventual final 3-2, the bullpen in this game you had Clay Holmes in the 8th inning uh, you know, I don't love that he's pitching in high leverage at all. Um, but hey, step in the right direction for Aaron Boone. Uh, Ian Hamilton in the ninth to close it. He's been super impressive all year. Uh, I've, I've got no complaints about Ian Hamilton um, for two reasons: one, because he's been lights out, and two, I feel like he'll kill me in my sleep. Um, Domingo Herman, I actually, I'm, I'm going to give Domingo Herman. My tip of the cap. I think he was the best Yankee starter this series, and I don't think you can really argue that. So Domingo Herman gets my tip of the cap. Go, five innings, two runs, five strikeouts, two walks, four hits, no home runs, uh, a couple doubles, a couple singles, and he, he pitched very well. It was cruising towards the end, and um, you know it was pulled with 81 pitches. Um. Domingo's had a good year. He's pitched well this season. And he usually does pitch well for the Yankees. You know, a lot of people wanted him out of the rotation early on. Um, but I've, you know, not to give myself credit here, but I always end up doing so because I'm a narcissistic loser. But, you know, I've always been, I've said all year, of the three, Schmidt, Brito, Herman. The one I trust most to give the Yankees quality pitching is Domingo Herman. Because this is a guy who they always end up using year after year, and he usually does a good job. And let's not forget he's not too far removed from winning the Yankees 18 games. Um so yeah, I mean the, the curveball looked good. He was using the two seam fastball and spotting it well. Changeup was fine. I liked him. I liked him in this outing, and I think he's pitched really solid of late. And overall in the year, he's been fine. So, I expect Jose Domingo Herman to continue pitching exactly how he has up to this date, which is a credible, solid number five. Um, So, credit to him for coming through. Uh, and then we get to the third game of the set, which took place today in... This was interesting. This was something. Uh, the Yankees had a six nothing lead in this game, and they lose. <laughs> that's the that's in short. Uh, they end up losing eight to seven in extra innings. Garrett Cole going up against the Rays opener shit. They had somebody start the game, and then you know from the second inning uh, for a few more innings, he had that guy Fleming, fucking you know doing their bullshit. Top of the third, the Yankees crack the board when you get Rizzo and Bader going deep. Yankees. Top of the fourth inning. Aaron Hicks and Glaber Torres pick up a pair of doubles. 5-0 Yankees. And then 6-0 Yankees in the fifth inning when Oswaldo Cabrera drives one to center field for the sack fly. And then it happened. Bottom of the fifth. Cole did not have his best stuff. Siri homers off him. Wander Franco singles off him. It's 6-2. Bottom of the sixth. Uh, Paredes the double, Court homers, Diaz grounds in a run, and all of a sudden, it's 7-6 to six Tampa. Top of the 7th, the Jose Trevino ground out ties the game at 7. Top of the 10th, you get the Aaron Hicks base running blunder. That was hilarious. Bottom of the 10th, you get the walk-off single by Paredes, and the Yankees would lose 8-7. Um, Garrett Cole, in this one, takes the responsibility. He was awful. Um, absolutely horrendous and pathetic. Uh, but we do have to remember this was his first bad start of the season. In seven of his eight or six of his seven, whatever it's been, he's been terrific. Uh, but he was not good in this one. Uh, it was also the first time he allowed a home run this season. Uh, so there's not too much to dissect with Gary Cole's outing. He just was not sharp. It was a very 2022 type of start for Garrett where one thing goes wrong and it kind of all unravels from there because he did look excellent. Not excellent, but he looked pretty good for four innings. Then he lets up the home run in the fifth. Some hard contact, extra base hits, hits, runs, and then you look up and all of a sudden the Rays had tied the game. <laughs> I don't know, man, like... You can't let that happen. You know. You you just can't let that happen. You are the ace. Like as good as he's been this year. You are the ace. And that's your responsibility. To be there for your team. In a game. As big as this one is. In early May. In early May it's just. It's ugly. Uh, you need your ace to come through there for you. And take the rubber game. But again, did um, Michael King was great on the flip and he was great this series and that's why Michael King is getting my tip of the cap. This series, Michael King, two and two-thirds innings. No runs, one hit, one walk, four strikeouts. Today especially, he was absolutely dotting the edges and with every single pitch too. He had the two-seamer working, hitting the corners with that. He's doing the same exact thing with his changeup, which he doesn't throw a ton. And then the slider, a few times too. Spotting, dotting, painting. Sorry, I had to take care of something there. I had to pause it the recording but you know if you're listening or watching it doesn't fucking matter because this is all going to be in one um Michael King is, is he's looking dominant he's looking very dominant again you know the velocity's up especially today he was around 96 um but in this series he's not allowing a ton of hits which has maybe been the only nitpick this year is he was allowing a lot of hits as you know compared to last season uh, but in this series, he, he and, and recently, he's looked very sharp there. And that's his third tip of the cap this season so far. The most on the, um, well, the most in the bullpen. Um, so, let's see where we are. I, I guess I'll start with Boone here. <laughs> and I hate to do that because we've been doing it a lot lately. But let's... Let's talk about Aaron Boone for a sec. Because it's... Twice more this series. I... I, I he screws the pooch. <laughs> uh, literally the only game the Yankees won... In this series was the one where Boone didn't try to make it all about himself. And his managerial skills or lack thereof. Uh, In Friday's game, he tries stealing outs by going with Jimmy Cordero over Mike King. The best part about that was he ended up burning Mike King anyway (laughs) by using him after Cordero, um, where Cordero gave up the tie and gave Tampa the lead. And then Sunday, today, in the afternoon today, does the same exact thing. He tried stealing outs by going with Jimmy Cordero again. First off, I had no issue. I want to get this part out of the way. I had no problem letting Garrett Cole struggle. Leaving Cole in the game was not a problem to me. Some Yankees fans didn't like that. I think to get mad at Aaron Boone for keeping Cole in the game is a bit ridiculous. Garrett Cole is your guy. He's 5-0 and this year. He's your ace. And that's on him for putting up a dud like he did. Nobody should be angry that Garrett Cole was left out to pitch the fifth inning. <laughs> like He was awful in the fifth. He was awful in the sixth. But I don't care that Boone left him in. Because Garrett Cole is your moneymaker. He's the guy you pay to get out of those gems even if he puts puts his own self into it. Um, So no, I'm not angry at leaving Cole in the game. I'm, I would say, annoyed, not angry, annoyed that Jimmy Cordero came in. And listen, Jimmy Cordero has been okay this year. He has, but it's Jimmy Cordero. No Yankees fan has ever said that guy's name before this year. Nobody knows who he is. No baseball fan outside of Yankees fans know who Jimmy Cordero is. He's a random journeyman minor league pitcher with a career four and a half ERA. If you're asking anybody with a brain who you want in a high leverage situation coming in for the Yankees, Jimmy Cordero is maybe the fifth name on that list today and that's being nice. You had Michael King. You had Peralta. And shit, Maranaccio, he only threw 17 pitches in an inning and a third yesterday. So he could have even went there. Bottom line, even if you wanted to give Ron the day off, you had two of your top guns ready and waiting. Uh, but Aaron Boone wants to try and steal outs for as long as he can. He's always been like that. He's done that for years. Tries to steal outs. And it didn't pay off. And I don't care... How early it was! For, I've seen that as an excuse. It's early for King. Like no, high leverage is high leverage. The time of the game has it should have nothing to do with that shit. You put your best where you need your best. Unless he's your closer, this was not a this was not a confidence thing from Boone. This was not trying to get a guy going or trying to prove his own narrative like he's done with Holmes. It was Jimmy Cordero, an unimportant arm, who you don't need to fluff up his image or anything like that. This was simply Aaron Boone trying to get cute, trying to save arms an extra day and steal outs with one one of his randoms. And it once again punched him right in the face. And for some reason nobody's talking about that. Everybody's talking about the Garrett Cole shit, which shouldn't be a problem. But nobody's talking about going with Jimmy Cordero over Mike King. Even there's like a lot of people are talking about the decision to pull King after his ninth inning where he looked electric. And then go, you for the tenth inning. That's another thing. I mean, if you watch Michael King in the ninth, how do you justify pulling him out? <laughs> he was filthy. As we just said. Um, but I'm looking at not going to him earlier. That's where I was very frustrated with him. Uh, I, I do want to, again, I want to give Boone credit for this series, at least recognizing that Clay Holmes cannot be trusted in the closer role. Uh, this is like the third time we have to give him credit for this because he somehow always ends up going back to Clay, but um, yeah, you know, at least he I still don't want to see Clay Holmes in high leverage, but hey, at least he's not in the ninth inning anymore. Tenth inning there. You know, he pitched in the seventh, I think, today. Uh, On a bright spot for going to give out cap tips. Let's go to the lineup. I mean, how do you give it to anybody else but Harrison Bader? Harrison Bader has, well, (laughs) he's hit. He's hit. He went 6 of 11 this series. 545 average. A triple, two homers, seven RBIs, no strikeouts. Boone kind of looked like an idiot sitting him down already in Game 2 of the series, and he ends up going 2-for-2 in that game. But, hey, I've said this before, and I want to bring it up again, and I promise when I say this, I'm not trying to make a disrespectful comparison here, but Harrison Bader is who I thought, or maybe a lot of us thought, I don't know how you felt about this guy, but he is who Clint Frazier was or could have been. Like, when I look at him, the energy he brings, the quick swing, the speed and hustle. I remember a lot of us saying that about Clint Frazier when he was young. Like, Clint Frazier, when he just came up as a rookie in August against the Red Sox, that series, hits a home run in his first game or some shit like that. Before he started becoming an asshole who sucked, we looked at Clint Frazier as that guy with lightning bat speed, brings a lot of energy and hustle. And that's what Bader has done since he's played. You know, he's done that a lot. And that's another thing with Bader. Like a lot of us recently, including myself, you know, we were talking about, well, Bader's a light hitting glove glove only guy. When he returns to the lineup, it's not like you're getting a big acquisition. Well, he's helped this lineup a ton. You know, it certainly looked better lately with Harrison Bader in this lineup. Uh, that's the one positive we got from this series is that the Yankees scored Fourteen runs in this entire series, and Harrison Bader produced seven of those runs. <laughs> okay? Half of them. Um, so, yeah, maybe that's the one positive we take. You know, we, we've looked a lot more alive offensively lately. Uh, and you're getting judged back on Tuesday, and Harrison Bader seems to be going off right now. Playoff Bader is here in May. But here's my thing. All right, here's my thing. <laughs> I um, I, I'm trying to word this as best as I can without trying to sound like a pessimist here. The Yankees still weren't hitting when they were healthy anyway. Their offense kind of peaked out at average this year when they had Stanton and Judge. But like some Yankees fans are looking at the Yankees right now and going, "Oh wow, they are 18 and 17 with all this happening," and they're somehow taking it as a positive. I don't really understand that. I don't like. I, I healthy, not healthy. The Yankees aren't getting production from their lineup this year, and it's the same problem, healthy or not. The problem is that they're top heavy, people. The bottom third of the the, the bottom. The bottom half of the order gives them nothing. Half of that lineup gives them zero. Not little, but zero. Think about it. When Judge was when he was healthy, he was hitting. When Stanton was healthy, he was hitting. Anthony Rizzo has been hitting all season. DJ LeMayu has been hitting for most of the season. Labor Torres has been giving the adequate production expected. Nothing crazy, nothing terrible. So all season, healthy or not healthy, it's been the bottom portion of the lineup that's been killing the Yankees. You aren't getting anything from left field. Oswaldo's been very bad. Hicks is a zombie right now. And Connor Falafa just isn't very good. You aren't getting too much at a shortstop. Volpe, you know, he's hit more since his first two, you know, three weeks or whatever. But he's still struggled. The catcher position is obviously not giving you much. Neither Higgy or Trevino do much for you offensively. Higgy, the occasional home run. Trevino, the occasional single with a runner in scoring position. You got Jake Bowers in there. You got Calhoun in there. Sometimes both, and they're not the answer either. So they still have to figure out how to get production from at least two other spots in the order? You need at least two more spots to start coming through, even when Judge returns on Tuesday. You can hope, right? You can hope that Oswaldo Cabrera starts to hit the ball. I don't know, though. Like, I don't see it anymore. I'm kind of starting to trend down on this kid as an everyday player because he's looked brutal. He looks like he's got warning track power, and he's got problems staying in the strike zone, and he misses a lot of pitches that are in the strike zone too. I don't know what the numbers say, but I don't know. He looks brutal. I don't know if there's optimism there. Uh, You can hope that Volpe gets hot, you know, because, again, he's hit more, but he's still having problems. He's having issues putting the bat on the ball. I mean, he's striking out at a crazy rate. The kid has no chance right now against the high heat. You go upstairs with the fastball, he's not hitting it. And you set up that you set up a breaking pitch complimenting off the fastball, it's trouble. Um so, you know, I don't know how much longer I can watch him strike out to start off every game. You might have to move him back down the order. But I'm always about being proactive and not reactive, not just waiting around. A lot of Yankees fans want Dominguez up here or something different. I don't think that's going to happen yet. I think he's too raw. I think if you call him up now, it'll be Volpe 2.0, where he's going to struggle. People will get mad. You'll got the you'll get the irrational fans calling him a bust, like they're doing right now with Volpe, because Dominguez is batting 160 right now in minor league ball. He's walking, but that's about it. Maybe you call up Trey Sweeney. Maybe you call up Austin Wells. This Wells kid can hit. We've done a few episodes on him. We've done a scouting report or two on him. He can hit. I like his swing. I like his hit tool. Maybe you play Oswald Peraza more. I mean, I don't know what's going on there. They didn't put him on the DL, but they're not playing him every day. He didn't play at all this series, I don't think. Um, people say... You know, well, do you want all these rookies in there struggling? Yeah, I do. Because if you're already getting struggles from IKF, from Hicks, Calhoun, Franchi Cordero, would you rather bad major leaguers with no upside struggle or a rookie with upside struggle? <laughs> Someone with youth and a ceiling? Yeah, I, I think I'd go to the latter. Um,. So I just, I don't know. I just don't know that I buy this injury shit as the reason the Yankees are not winning, not hitting. Maybe they score a ton of runs. I don't know. Maybe they start putting some, they could easily start putting offense together. We've spoken about that. They could score run. They could, they, I wouldn't be too shocked if the Yankees ended up being number one in offense again. But say they do. Does that change the real legitimate concern of mine? Which my problem has always been the structure of the lineup. Right? It's still... A little more, a little too right-handed heavy, which somehow always seems to be a problem. They still struggle to hit to hit elite pitching because it's it's lacking those contact hitters who can hit the ball at a high rate, put together great situational at bats. I mean, the Yankees this series hit four for thirty-three, four for thirty-three with runners in scoring position. That's a one twenty-one batting average. And it's insane how that's become a problem for years on top of years now. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what Dylan Wilson's working on, but I do remember in high school, like the the number one thing we worked on, um, next to bunting, by the way, we take BP and the coach would yell out first and second, no outs, one out, two outs, man on second. Like he would yell out situations and we try to, you know, hit it where it's pitched and, and, you know, put up an at bat, give, you know, make adjustments, man at bat, given the situation of the ballgame. I don't feel like the Yankees always go up there. I feel like the Yankees go up there a lot of times trying not to get cheated on every single swing. Which I know Yes Network and David Cohn will tell you that's the right philosophy, but I don't always think so. I think if you watch a guy like Anthony Rizzo, chokes up sometimes, goes up and back in the box. You watch certain guys, you know, don't always put on their A swing but they use their contact swing. Even Gleyber Torres at times this year, if he leaves the zone, sometimes he'll do it on his contact swing, which is why he's made more contact this season. Uh, but it's not, it's just not consistent and it's just not, we don't have enough of that up and down the order. And that's my concern, but I don't want to go on too long. I'll end this podcast here in 30 minutes. We'll head to break, get back and wrap it up with our trivia. Um, In some other quick news, Injury news, Severino seems like he's somewhat close. Uh, it's it's funny how he and the organization <laughs> these last couple years just don't like each other. Um, you know, I was listening to his interview today with Marakovic and the Yes Network. They were playing that clip, and he didn't seem happy um, You know, with, with them. It's just a whole fucking thing. I don't know, the rehab, the, the 11 a.m. start, Pushing back his assignment, I don't know. Uh, You know, it goes back to last year when they put him on the 60-day, and he didn't want that. Uh, Rodon seems to be further and further away every day now. Uh, It's now, and I quote this, it's a chronic back issue. Uh, You don't like to hear that word, so that's nice. But um, at least Aaron Judge will return on Tuesday. Uh, We've got the Oakland A's up next, and if the Yankees don't sweep the A's, it'd be pretty pathetic. I'm not talking about two out of three. I'm not taking that and be like, oh, well, they want a suit. No. It's about time these guys man up, and up, and start stringing together some wins. How many three-plus game winning streaks have the Yankees had this year? I got to look that one up. Let's get to our break, wrap it up with our trivia, and that'll be that. Stay with us. Be right back. Hey, guys. So if you are a listener of the podcast often and you want to know where to find me on social media, you can find me on Facebook at BD4. You can find me on Twitter at BD4Pod, and you can also find me on Instagram at robjcarbone. BD4 is located on many different platforms. You can listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, and if you do there, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review. You can listen to it on Spotify, but you can also watch the podcast on both Spotify and YouTube. BD4 is available on many other platforms as well. All you got to do is search it up. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and much more. We also have a website now for BD4. If you go to bd4blog.com, you can find the blog, the podcast links, and also where to find me on social media. Just go to bd4blog.com. Studio 69 Productions is a podcast production agency created by Leo Rodriguez to allow content creators to market their podcast. It's an online platform that will market your podcast or any other project that you're working on. Get in touch with Leo Rodriguez from Studio 69 Productions. You can find Studio 69 Productions on Instagram at Studio69NJ. Studio 69 Productions, where dreams are heard and born. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. You are listening to episode 521 of BD4. So, I think that's pretty much it. So, we'll wrap this up with our trivia question of the day. And then that'll be that. Let's get to it. All right. So, for this episode, episode 521, our NYY, NYK. MMA trivia question of the day is true or false the Yankees lost today broke their five game extra innings win streak against Tampa true or false that's it I gotta go later this episode was brought to you by Anchor